on May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. And we're back with an all-new episode of Keep It. I'm Omarosa. I'm Kara. Get out, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It is a wonderful day in the United States of America. Uh, uh, Where? Um, (laughs) Unhinged has been released. Omarosa's book I've been reading. Did you pay money for that? Um, You bought that. I, I, I actually, you know what's very funny? Uh, I have been waiting to use a Amazon gift card that was given to me when I worked at BuzzFeed. (laughs) (laughs) That was in the bottom of my drawer. And I was like, now is the time to use that $15. I feel like you're going to wake up this morning and the book would just be shoved under your door. (laughs) She's been waiting. Yes, no. Stalking Uh, the perimeter. We will get into Omarosa, her book, and her drama Later, with a very special guest today, Tommy Vitor. I was disturbed to learn there are other podcasts on this network recently. Yeah, we thought it was just us. I know. Pod Save All These Things. How about Pod Save Timeless on NBC? How about that? (laughs) Do you watch Timeless? No, I don't even know who's on it. All right. Goran Uh, from ER, he's on it. It's also a fantastic day because maybe my favorite pop culture story of the year is That's saying something. It's currently unfolding. <laughs> um, Azalea Banks, all around mess. Yes. And um, person who I should hate because she's constantly coming for like Beyonce and Rihanna and other people I love, uh, has been updating her Instagram about the fact that she has been hanging out in Elon Musk's home trapped there like in gaslight for days waiting for his girlfriend grimes to show up and record music with her girl i don't even first of all i don't if grimes walked into this room right now and slapped me i'd be like who is this i wouldn't know what she i would know what she looks like i remember seeing that elon musk was dating someone who looked like a child that's all i sort of remember and then i was i had forgotten about all of that luckily until azealia banks brought this back into my attention here's the thing as always this always happens with azealia banks her rants start out funny, and then she has to say something awful to make it like you make you feel guilty for having read what it. Did she, she said, say this time? She said that he had Down syndrome or something oh, like that. Jesus, just like, this bitch! It's like she has a pact with herself. Every time she's funny, she has to also be horrible. Can't you just be funny? I will say though that whenever she has these outlandish stories, they tend to be true. They do because when she talked about Russell Crowe spitting, like, spitting on her. On her um, That's how he says hello. It's not fair. It was later confirmed. Yeah. And this is also not the first time that she's been locked in someone's home waiting for them to record music with her. Speaking of young Rapunzel. Do, do you remember when she was tweeting about the fact that she showed up at Rihanna's to make music with her 
Oh, Brianna yeah. left her in the basement while she partied upstairs <laughs> and just gave her like peanuts. a jar of peanuts. <laughs> Fed her like a trap. I don't circus Why animal. doesn't she just leave? <laughs> Which has never made sense in any of these. Rihanna, I get. Like, I would wait out Rihanna. Of course. But like, girl, go home. I'd be like, Rihanna, party all you want. Yeah. I will, I will, in fact, live in your home. But Grimes and Elon. Also, is Elon Musk speaking to her? Is he just walking around his home and does he see her sitting there? Did they give her a guest room? Is she in the living room? Does she get to eat? Like, I don't understand the mechanics of this. She seems hungry, but it's like, <laughs> girl, order some Postmates. There must be food at Elon Musk's home. There must be food. It sounded like he's not there, right? Well, she was also talking about how he's tweeting through, like, an acid trip that he's been on for days, which would explain these random tweets of his from days ago where he was tweeting about how he wants to make a line of short shorts. Fine. I mean, just go home. Go home, girl. I'm waiting for the conclusion. Is Gr- where's Grimes also? Like, is she is she not there? Neither of them have responded as of yet. Grimes. How did they or let her Elon. into the house? Ha- but so someone must have known if they let her into the house, right? Like a a butler or someone would have been like, Oh, you're expected. I feel like you never know. I mean, was there just a door open? I can you no just idea. walk into Elon Musk's house? That's the bigger story to me. That someone can just some black girl can just show up to Elon Musk's house and they let her in. Next on Keep It Mysteries, we will send <laughs> Kara into a Ross house. She will live for three weeks. <laughs> uh, when we're back, the Oscars. The Oscars, thirsty for ratings, announced last week that it would add a category for blockbuster films, and also shorten their telecast by handing out some statuettes during commercial breaks. The question is, does this ghettoize popular films like Black Panther, a diverse film that also managed to make a ton of money at the box office and get a lot of critical reviews, so it could have been up for Best Picture, possibly, or even other films like Creed or Girls Trip or... Crazy Rich Asians movies that are poised to be very popular but also have diverse casts and are films that aren't regularly seen as what a traditional Oscar movie is. I'm actually surprised to hear you phrase it that way because I feel like the kinds of movies that will likely be more featured in best popular film would be your run-of-the-mill Guardians of the Galaxy, Beauty and the Beast, you know, things like that. I feel like this totally sucks, but I know you're more sympathetic to this choice than yeah. I am. Um, Not a little bit, because um, I talked a bit about it on uh, Love It or Leave It. I mentioned just movies like Black Panther and Girl Strip and things because we've started to see in Hollywood a shift towards making blockbuster films with non-white people. And it's shown that non-white audiences will show up for those films and make a ton of money. But my thing has always been that those types of films should be Oscar-worthy in general. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Like, I don't... I I think also, like, they're not giving it enough time. Like, they just seem like they're treading water because nobody watches their show anymore, where you just let in a lot of new people into the Academy. You let in, it's the most diverse it's ever been. It's probably the youngest it's ever been. And so maybe give it a second and see if this new 
um, group of people actually helps change things because what you might find is when you let more diverse people in, when you let different types of people into the academy, those types of films might get recognized. They will be able to see that Black Panther is a great film. They will be able to see that maybe a Crazy Rich Asians or something like that is worthy of being a quote unquote Oscar movie. So this, I don't, I also don't understand why they just like it's such a knee jerk reaction where they haven't given the actual good changes that they've made any time to like sink in. Right. No. Uh, no. Totally. Like, why are we making these changes if we're going to then force them into new categories that are like you know completely new territory? Weirdly, I don't think the drop in ratings of the Oscars is dramatic enough to warrant it. It's still like the second biggest live telecast of the year after like the Super Bowl, and the drop in ratings is comparable. I've heard to cable subscriptions, period. So I feel like this is a response to people who don't watch the Oscars anyway, wouldn't watch them if you added this category, and I feel like it's pandering to people who just are paranoid that their taste isn't good enough or something. And why don't they just get, like, another... You know a way you could get me or others to be more excited about the Oscars? Pick a host that people it's give a shit about. It's always about the host. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what if, if you had, like... If a couple years ago, if you had, like, Lin-Manuel Miranda when Hamilton was at its peak, you, like, you'd have right. a bunch of people. If you had... I mean, Chris Rock again was great. Just, like... Or, like, The Rock? I don't know. Like, like, he's Kevin super Hart rock and popular. Yeah. yeah, like, mm-hmm. there's a Literally, bunch of... have The Rock have, host the Oscars. Yeah, there's people a, will watch. People will watch. If you have The Rock host the Oscars, people will watch. So it's such a... Or, like... Like, change the music. Th- you know, like, there just seem to be other ways around this. Also, I mean, like, again, you can call back Ellen anytime. And she, of course, ignited the whole fucking thing with that stupid-ass pizza bit, which I swear oh, was yeah. it's like the, you know, definitive Oscars moment and of the, the past selfie. 20 years. Yeah, and the selfie. Right, right, right. Well, there's also been um, reports that the drop in ratings is also correlated with the amount of money that the that nominated in, yeah. films have brought in which obviously in years where like an avatar was nominated, you had more people watching Mm -hmm. versus this year where does anyone remember the shape of water or um, three ebbings from billboards Uh. in (laughs) Poughkeepsie? I don't know. I guess my feeling is also that popularity is enough of a boon for movies when it comes to the Oscars. Again, the blind side would not have been nominated for Best Picture if it weren't so popular. You know what I mean? American Sniper would not have been nominated for Best Picture if it weren't so popular. That movie was nominated for Best Picture? It's, I, the movie where the baby is With a, a, weird a, baby? a chatty yeah. Kathy doll? Yeah. Oh, Lord. Terrible. So uh, <laughs> they, they wanted those Republicans to watch. I fucking guess. But by the way, again, it's obviously the parameters about what a popular film is hasn't been set yet. This is still pretty right. vague. We still don't even know what will qualify it movie for a popular film. But for example, Whiplash cost, which was the Best Picture nominee, cost $3 million and made 50 So I would consider that a popular movie. However, it isn't, you know, the gro- the GDP of a, na- of a country the way, you know, an Avengers movie is. So I'm curious about what qualifies, what doesn't. Black Swan made $300 million. Is that going to be in the popular film category? Well, then people not nominated for Best Picture. And it'll be interesting, too. I think the, I think the reason, two people, like what you talked about, Ira, of like ghetto-sizing these other films, it's like, when you have a movie that was maybe both popular and very good, like a Get Out, would they have put Get Out in the popular movie category? Because that would have been some bullshit. Because yeah. that already feels like a lesser category. And so what happens when you have a film that is both popular and what is a quote-unquote like an excellent film? I do wonder if they where they would have put a Get Out type of film if this had been implemented last year. Also, people are dragging it, but there are already people who you can tell would be thirsty for a popular film Oscar 
Mark mm-hmm. Wahlberg mm-hmm. came out and was oh, like, "Critical uh, darling, Mark Wahlberg." <laughs> he said, "Maybe if they'd had the category before, we'd have won a couple of them." We've had some really commercially successful Who's films we? that we think certainly warranted that kind of notoriety. Well, he won a couple know. of restraining also, orders. Mark, of Races all the people, from Boston. but Mark Wahlberg, you've been in the fucking departed. Like the idea that Mark Wahlberg just exists in like a blockbuster film. Like he's in a lot of quote, like critically acclaimed films. He gets those roles a lot. What are you talking about? The happening. You're, you're one of the few, <laughs> like you, you're one of a handful of actors, honestly, who really gets to do both of those things. You get right. to be in like The Departed and you're also in, I don't know, whatever I Got a Gun movie. So just shut up. <laughs> yeah, I need to not listen. He's an Oscar nominee himself. He was right. nominated like, for The what Departed. Are you, what yeah. are you talking about? What yeah. are you talking about? And I would also like to know what Mark Wahlberg film he felt they would have gotten an Oscar for with this category. What are you What are you talking about? Yeah, tr- Transformers Daddy's were home. still on the moon. Daddy's moon. home. Yeah. Is Daddy's that home too. Daddy's home Kara. too. <laughs> uh, he's also one of those weird people who, um, like a, obviously these two are better actors than him, but um, like a Tom Cruise or a Will Smith who largely do popular films, but they have like one or two nominations. And that sort of makes them feel like, oh, maybe I should sometimes do movies that could get me a nomination mm-hmm. and they never get one uh and i just wish they would stop trying to do that oh i know no leave this to the the jessica but, chastains of the but world but also like if will smith was like i really re-, like in 10 years when will smith is older and he's like i really really want an oscar he's an incredible actor oh, he'll probably oh, yeah, he'll right. just do it so i'm like well just put in the effort pick the right film like, because we haven't been doing that of late. And <laughs> and then, like, do the... You know he'd be incredible on an Oscar campaign. Yeah. Just, like, take your time. Because you know when he actually decides that he wants an Oscar, they're not going to not give fucking Will Smith an Oscar. No, it's, I mean, like, it's Smith, like John Wayne. Like, you have to make room for that. Will yeah. Smith deserves an Oscar for his Instagram at the I, moment. He really does. The best that person is, on Instagram the, right now. The Smiths are winning. It really tells you... Like, I, it reminded me why I love Will Smith so much and why I pretend that they're not Scientologists. Because... He is someone where, like, if he's doing something, he's doing it at 125%. He just is like, I'm getting me an Instagram account, and it's going to be the best fucking Instagram account anyone has ever seen. Who cares? Like, it doesn't matter, but he's just like, if I'm doing this, it's going to be incredible because I'm Will Smith, and that's how I live my life. So what do you think, Lewis, actually about the part of categories not airing during the show too super annoying i mean again if you're obsessed with popularity do you know what award show you should watch any other award show every other award show feels super obligated like graham do you think taylor swift really deserves two albums of the year i I find her music perfectly fine no she would never have won those albums she would never have won those uh grammys if her uh, music wasn't so popular uh airing stuff during the commercial i think i learn about the craft of movie making kind of as i watch the oscars growing up that's how i knew you know anything about cinematography, et cetera. Um, so no, I find that kind of lame. Who, who honestly, who was a fan of the Oscars is like, I can't believe it ran 15 minutes over. My life is over. You know, if you're into it, you're into it. No one blames as, uh, our friend Kyle Buchanan said in Vulture, no one blames the Super Bowl for running 20 minutes over. But I apparently, do. Yes. I do. Okay. I well, say. you're the one. <laughs> I do. And you got to speak up. I do. Yeah. I'm gonna, <laughs> this is my moment. Yes. Let me know. Are there any changes to the Oscars that you think should be made? Like, categories that should happen some people have suggested going the golden globe route and splitting it into comedy and drama that's uh the film via uh, film. in the film categories i don't know i don't feel like it's a categorical problem i think it's just 
I do think better, that we ha- denigrate comedies yeah. at the Oscars, however. Right, right. No, and it's super rare that... But again, the comedies that do make it are the ones that tend to be terribly popular. Do you think Ghost is a good movie? I don't. I think Whoopi Goldberg is amazing in it. And I think <laughs> we gave her that Oscar because it was a popular enough film to, to vault her to that category. I think it's very titillating. Oh, oh titillating. <laughs> I know you're an amateur potter. <laughs> I don't know that we're really there yet as a society because I worry that the exact opposite that I would want to happen would happen. But if they could loosen up like the gender categories of the acting nominations, because there's a year where these dudes were all bad or the women were way better than them. And I'm like, give four women acting Oscars if that's what we're doing. So, But I don't trust that um, it would turn out the way that it rightly should, which is what I, I think you'd probably have more women getting recognized. Um, it would probably do the exact opposite. Right. So if I had any faith in that being fair, that's what I would want. We also don't even have a casting. Um, that I yeah. think is more interesting. Yeah. 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 I also, I mean, everybody's talking about the stunt Oscar. I think that'd be kind of cool because that is something you remember from a movie specifically. You know, here's my pie in the sky thing Plus that I would like in the would Oscars. Be there. Right. Like if you have a stunt actor. Oh, no. Like... Melissa McCarthy will fall right off the stage. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, uh, uh, my pie in the sky thing I would like is if they ranked all the Oscar nominated actors. Like somebody got ninth place, eighth place, seventh place, sixth place. And they went through the uh, ceremony. And at the end, we found out who won. I'd want that with Best Picture for sure. Because That's I would fun. love yeah. to know Total. how close. Th- like I would love to know that Moonlight La La Land breakdown. I would. I might. I might shoot someone. To, to get that information because <laughs> I'm very interested to see that. And I think it w- could be really telling about like just what it says about these movies and the culture and like how they, you know, whatever. Um, so I would want that for best picture for sure. I'm going to keep watching. I'm sorry. This is, you know, this is my problematic fave. I love I me mean, some Oscars. I love the Oscars too, you know, and I obviously watch this over like, fucking MTV Movie Awards. Which, that by is, the way, we already the, have, and that that's what this category is going to be. one yeah. that people don't even go to. No. And by or, the, because, people don't watch the MTV Movie Awards. Well, because now the it's the MTV Movie and TV <laughs> Awards. What the fuck is that? And it's only people <laughs> showing up to give promo for their things anyway, so maybe don't try and be like those Oscars. Yes, exactly. Ding, ding. Problem solved. Anyway, when we're back, <laughs> people hate a lot of things. So we're going to talk about them. (laughs) Keep It is brought to you by Barefoot Dreams. Lewis. Yes? When you see Footprints in the Sand, that was when I carried you in my Barefoot Dreams rub. Now, is that a Leona Lewis song? (laughs) No? Uh, if you want to bring coziness into your life, you turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially now as the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite luxe home blanket. And while many have attempted to duplicate their blankets, robes, and more, Barefoot Dreams' fabrication and quality cannot be replicated, so don't believe the dupes. Girl, this blanket is it. I effing love this blanket. I'm thinking about it right now, and I want to jump in my bed, which is sponsored by something that we'll do another ad for momentarily. Get ready. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Jesus, get a life, Oprah. My God. (laughs) Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. Their products make the perfect gifts, too. Uh, I throw this thing on. 
I wear it like a shawl. I look exactly like Ellen Burstyn. And <laughs> I am the coziest a human being can be. Because by the way, it's still that time in Los Angeles where it's like pretty mild outside and then your apartment is cold. I can't explain mm. it. I don't know things like basic science. For Keep It listeners, you can get 15% off your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code KEEPIT15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams' soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR and how I live my life every day. Oh, I'm glad to bear witness to it. (laughs) Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of a struggle. It sounds like you at Coachella. I'm already tuned in. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective, from Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations. There's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives have it always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Doesn't the black experience sound like a three-disc Prince album we never got? Someone check the vault, please. <laughs> Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, there is a lot of backlash going on on the internet. You don't say. In general. That's where I keep most of my backlash. (laughs) First off, Insatiable has faced backlash for its alleged fat shaming, which the creator, Lauren Gussis, says borders on censorship. And um, meanwhile, Disney is facing criticism for casting straight comic Jack Whitehall as a Hugely effete, very camp, and very funny gay character. And Ruby Rose was chased off Twitter <laughs> by it's fans with a broom. By fans who were displeased that she was cast as the CW's Batwoman. <laughs> Can you imagine caring that much about fucking Batwoman? And, 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 and a lesbian like And also just... having demands for what a Batwoman would be <laughs> right. to you. I I also, sw- I mean, you know I'm not like a huge comic person. Swear to God, I kind of thought Batwoman and Catwoman were the same person because they were like sure. always in the same movies. I was like, oh, that's a different, learned this week that those are fully different characters. I thought maybe she was just playing Batwoman and or Cat, I don't know. Right. I don't know. They're I didn't both know. mammals. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Insatiable is a show about Debbie Ryan who plays a Fat girl who gets punched in the face by a homeless man and has to have her jaw wired shut. She loses weight and then becomes a pageant girl and gets revenge on the people who mocked her while she was fat. That kind of reminds me of that old uh, Joan Rivers written movie, The Girl Most Likely To. You know what that is? With Stockard Channing. She like oh, becomes beautiful. That. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's a... It's secretly it's a, a really old conceit. It, yeah. yeah, it's a conceit that's been around in Hollywood forever. Um, okay, so the full quote from the creator of Insatiable is to put, she's talking about like fat shaming, which by the way, all the reviews of that show were like, that's the least of their worries in terms of the other issues with it. But she said, 
to portray those people who who actually exist in the world as real. I think we're in a real danger of censorship if we decide that we all have to tell stories in a certain way so that everybody else feels safe. It's not in a certain way. They just want them told well. Yeah, I mean... Like, it's just a crazy to be like, people don't like this thing that I did. Um, It's censorship. Again, nobody understands what the fuck that word means quite clearly if you were using it. Bitch, is your shit still not streaming on Netflix? Right. Is it still not available? What are you talking about? Listen, Netflix has put the show up there. It's on Um, the first thing. Exactly. You can still watch it, so it's not censorship. And two... uh, Putting these things out there in the world, you didn't actually put some fat people on the show. You put <laughs> Debbie Ryan in a right. fat suit. Also, even if Netflix had pulled it, still wouldn't have been censorship, bitch, because they're not the U.S. government. Right. Yes. Um, also, I just feel like that that show, the reason it's so poorly received is because it's going for acid humor and it's just coming up short. That's so something you need to nail. I keep thinking about why 30 Rock was so good, and it's because it's so lickety split and the characters are so well drawn out. And that always comes across through the humor. On this show, it just feels like it's going for like, we're all such sassy kids and I'm a sassy adult. And it's just, it keeps missing time and again. It's like you you would turn that off and watch a better version of that show, you know? I think the more dangerous thing is the idea that just because people don't like your shit, that you can come out here and say that like we don't understand art or say that it's censorship or say a bunch of wild things just because people don't like it. Because that feels like you can't take criticism. And that seems like a bigger issue of people who cannot take criticism of their work and what that does to like the conversations that we end up having. And also, I think it feels like a response to people in her mentions, which again, is not everybody. We dragged Heathers up and down the boulevard and nobody was calling Right, exactly. It's just, it's acid humor that misses. That's what it is. Which now sort of probably makes sense, you know, why, you know, Netflix didn't pick up Heathers. Heathers seemed very similar to Insatiable Mm -hmm. in content as well. Um, And so, you know. Get out of your Twitter mentions. That's a thing, too. Don't live there. You have a show on Netflix. Like, Jesus. If you're giving a response to The Hollywood Reporter about people who've been tweeting at you, like go on a vacation. You take your check from your television show and go on a vacation. Please. Also, listening to the interview itself, it's like it seems like a very personal project for her. She probably wanted to expose more hypocrisy than it did. So I feel bad for her in that regard. But it's not. But that's it. And that's yeah. interesting because she talks about she's like a lot of the issues that we bring up in the show are things I've struggled with personally. Which obviously I think we can all like have some sensitivity to however it is interesting because just because you've dealt with something doesn't necessarily mean you can tell a story about it well and i think it's interesting now we're like especially with creators if you like if you go in and pitch a tv show people are very into like this being your story and something you've personally experienced which i get and i get how that can make something more authentic but maybe if you're just a good storyteller you can tell stories well. And so thinking that just because you've experienced something that you can tell an excellent story about it we also see is not always true. Which Guy Branham and Lindy West have talked about, you know, like Hollywood doesn't see that when it comes to people telling stories about fat people. You know, it's like anybody can tell those stories because they don't see them as, you know, a different class of people. Yeah. Um, And so someone can come in and pitch like, you know, like I would love to tell this story. Um, And, you know, it's interesting to know that this was initially developed for the CW and (laughs) they passed on it. 
Uh, that would have been a very. That also would have been an incredibly different show. Yeah. Had it been on network television. Yes. Um, but the difference th- too is the fact that like some people might have been dragging it in your mentions, girl. But the reason Netflix picked it up is because they know that there is still an audience for it. And if you look the insatiable tag, there are plenty of people who are like. Give us season two. Like, I really enjoy this show. Like, it's fun. It's like Netflix exists to have it there so that it can reach the audience that will watch it. Yeah, they have a lot of niche shows. And maybe just you have kind of a niche show. And that's perfectly fine. You don't have a show that is appealing to an enormous audience of people. It's not Stranger Things, but that's fine. You have a show that appeals to a specific group of people. And so to listen to the other noise when, like, I've seen people who have seem like they liked Insatiable. Yeah. So, like, just listen to them. Also, uh, I, I have not seen Dietland. I know you're obsessed with it. Is it comparable to Dietland? Uh, no, Dietland's a little bit more darker. Oh, and, it is. you know, actually stars a fat lead. Oh, there's so, that. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's also this Jack Whitehall nonsense, which is the issue of, once again, people are conflating it with people being mad that they cast a straight actor as a gay role, where I think the problem is that they're casting him as, like, Rupert Everett in My Best Friend's Wedding, only in, like, the 1930s. And by the way, that needs to be a preserved role in Amber. We cannot redo it. (laughs) Well, here's my interesting thing about this situation, because I feel like the conversation is slightly wrong. I think, obviously, from time to time, you're going to have straight actors playing gay roles and the opposite. I know there's, like, lots of issues in casting connected with this. But there was an anecdote recounted in uh, in The Advocate recently where, in the 70s, Rita Moreno was in a place she won a 24 called The Ritz, and another major role in it was a loud gay character. They had originally cast a gay actor, and he kind of wouldn't play it, shall we say, loud enough or like you know bright enough, and then they brought in F. Marie Abraham, who later won an Oscar for uh, Amadeus, oh. and he's a yeah, great performance, uh, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, he, of course, played it to the hilt. He's like, if I were a gay man, I'd be like this. And here's, I think, the problem. These roles are secretly written for straight men to go crazy with them and not because there's actual authentic gayness in it. Yeah. So I think it's more a writing problem than a casting problem. Yeah. And, you know, it's also the fact that you can have straight men playing gay characters, you know, if the reverse also happens from time to time. Which is like what they were talking, like trans actresses and actors were talking about with Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. They're like, if we were also going up for the same roles she was going up for, then this wouldn't sting so badly. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, you know, 13 Reasons Why on Netflix has a bunch of gay teens in the cast. Um, and some of them play gay characters and some of them play straight characters, you know, and it's more of a, we're just casting people in roles and until Sean Hayes really came along. Right. There was never really a gay actor playing a gay role to the hilt like that. Mm-hmm. But that also just seemed like it was Sean Hayes's personality. Right, right. It, it felt more authentic to me anyway. Yeah. Um as for Ruby Rose, I do feel bad and it's not <laughs> I know. funny. It's not. But my initial response to her being cast as Batwoman was just Ruby Rose can't act. I, I, did, I kind of didn't know she was an actor. Yeah. She was in Orange is the New Black. Right, right, right. And yeah. has she been in, what else? That's all I've seen her in. I know she's beautiful. She's I, gorgeous. She's gorgeous. And she's gorgeous. And doesn't, <laughs> and doesn't look like Justin Bieber anymore because now Justin Bieber <laughs> looks like, you know, Matthew McConaughey came back in time. Oh, God. <laughs> To kill his former yeah, self. You know, I, I mean, God bless her. She's getting this 
starring role in Batwoman about a uh, a bat lady, I guess. Mind you, again, the obsession with I'm a fan of comics, so I need this television role to be exactly as I pictured it. I mean, like, get a life. Get get anything. Ride a bike. I don't know. <laughs> Own get a kite. I don't have any guesses. Right. I mean, and I do get the complaints, you know, that people are accusing her of not being lesbian enough or Mother whatever. What, what does that even mean? Which is wild. Um, and it does remind me of other people being chased off Twitter, you know, to a lesser extent. Um, you know, like when um we chased basically all the women from Star Wars. Off the internet. Oh, that's right. But I don't know. I just, it's hard to feel bad for Ruby Rose, too, because I remember when Katy Perry's album was flopping, she was sending mean tweets at Katy Perry because Ruby Rose is friends with Taylor Swift. So it's like, oh, you've, bullied, really? you've bullied on Twitter, bitch. So <laughs> <laughs> now it's your turn. Oh, my God. Also, don't be a part of the reputation era. Please exempt yourself. Uh, when we're back, it's time for Omar Rose. No! <laughs> Fine, it's time for Tommy. Yay! <laughs> On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. For your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. August 17th. Steve Bannon was hired as campaign chief. I found this new addition to the team alarming. Steve Bannon, the chairman of the Breitbart News website, was widely considered to be a sexist and racist. This was not going to help me with women and minorities. (laughs) That is an excerpt from Unhinged from former White House official Omarosa Oné. Manigault Stallworth Newman. What? Wait, what? <laughs> Formerly Clark Duncan. Did I she her, just get a new name? I said all of her names like she's Erica <laughs> Kane on All My Children. <laughs> uh, this week she said that top administration officials in the White House are deceiving the country about President Trump's mental state and accused White House Chief of Staff John Kelly of threatening her when she was fired. She provided evidence by releasing a taped recording of her firing, along with a recording of Trump's shock that she was fired. She has since teased other taped recordings from the White House to promote her new tell-all. To talk about Omarosa, I know he's so excited. (laughs) We have Tommy Vitor. 
I was so scared you were reading a tweet that I had said. That <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was a tell. Like, I literally started sweating. It's, it's great to be here. I feel like I feel like I'm on the show every uh, what's today Tuesday every Wednesday morning when I walk to the gym. Oh, listen. well, that's we, delusion. We... You're not on the show. I live to <laughs> you. I feel like you're my friends. I want you to be my friends because uh-huh. you guys have a lot of fun. Thanks we for do. having me. We do. Except we're not about to right now. At okay, least cool. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> uh. There was a new tape this morning, too. It was oh, her. And 13 Reasons Why Part 2. Her <laughs> and Katrina Pearson. Um, Wait, which one was she? <laughs> Katrina. She was like the kind of brown one, right? Yeah. She was. She's black. Oh, but, she is? Okay. Like, like Valerie Jarrett color. Yes. Okay. Um, yes. Roseanne would call her. <laughs> Something. <laughs> uh, there was a new tape of them discussing the fact that they think the N-word tape exists. So this has come back in the news. The entire book, I was reading some of it this morning, is Omarosa saying she was fired because she was Woodward and Bernstein hunting down the apprentice tape of Donald Trump saying the N-word, and John Kelly had had enough. Tommy, I have a question for you. And I think I know the answer. You're not allowed to do this, right? Like, tape <laughs> shit in the White House? No, no. no. I mean, it, well, it's like... So a lot of people on Twitter were trying to say that the taping something in the Situation Room is a huge national security issue. And it's it's not really because it's an honor system. Like, you walk in the room, you put your – there's literally cubbies. Like, you take a little mm. number, you put your phone down, you leave it in there. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, Russia, China, Israel, they could, like, turn it into a listening device and record the yes. meeting you're going into. But if the meeting you're going into is John Kelly saying, get your ass out of the building, that's not classified. Right. So, But it's enormous breach of faith by her. But, like, she came prepared. I kind of respect it. You you know, can I just say, you all are part of the problem as we continue to talk about because too many people, I get it. She is a crafty bitch. I get it. She hypnotizes people. It works. She's in that ridiculous yellow one-sleeve number and you're all, Savannah Guthrie, who is so she out of her walk. She showed up on Savannah's show Savannah, dressed like she was just, at a Real Housewives exactly. reunion. Poor Savannah is just out of her depth. I like Savannah out I of her too. depth with this. And you she all really let her, She really is. Because Omarosa is a crazy person and a fucking like Rasputin motherfucker. And she <laughs> and everyone gets sucked in and they're like, you know, she's terrible, but I kind of like it. And I'm like, no, it's why my brain will explode if she I hear that one more time. She never lets you talk either. Like history has shown from all her previous interviews, Wendy Williams, Bethany Frankel, like she loves talking over people on her show. She runs a game, yeah. Yeah. It was weird, though, because she wasn't that disrespectful to Chuck Todd, which I thought was funny. Because, like, Savannah, if you know Savannah, Savannah's a White House NBC correspondent for the first few years I was there. She's the nicest human being you'll ever come across. And, like, she was just an asshole to Savannah the whole time. That's why I'm like, she can't, poor, I'm like, she's, Omarosa is a monster, and Savannah Guthrie is such a nice person. At the end, when she was like, our time is up. You know I have another interview. Yeah. I found that hilarious. <laughs> Who says that on TV? Wait, Omarosa said that? Yes. yes. Oh, my God. She goes, you know this was seven minutes. I'm on 10. Savannah's like, it's counting? the fucking Today Show. Also, what are you talking about? Nobody likes claiming they are booked more than Omarosa. <laughs> like, she doesn't have time when all she has is time. She is internationally booked. Also, <laughs> I know this, is, this has been repeated often, but we need to say it again. The notion that it's a surprise that Donald Trump has said the N-word, are that's not a revelation. 
when they were like Steve Bannon maybe said it Steve Bannon probably wakes up saying it right. <laughs> he sings it yeah like, it's his alarm clock do you now need like oh Donald Trump said the n-word on tape now we know he's racist that's that was the key we needed all of the people who support him well once it's recorded him saying the n-word that'll do it they'll change their minds what that is of so little use to us yeah not novel right it's good comedy, but none of the recordings are anything that is actually going to be useful, right? It's oh, just, you don't say. It's just, it's just proving that the White House lies. Yeah, the Katrina Pearson, the tape that came out this morning uh, is about a conference call where they were trying to decide how to spin whether or not he said the N-word, and it wasn't totally clear to me who was jumping in to say, yeah, he clearly did it, but it was instructed that the night before Katrina Pearson went on Fox and was like, this never happened, Omarosa's <laughs> writing a script, blah, 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 yeah. so you're a liar, we knew that. Is she still there? She's on the campaign, I think. Oh, God. Everyone's on the campaign. There's too many people. You paid on the campaign. There's too many people to keep track of. I can't remember this lady. Well, so then there there was the ABC report today, too, that said that some of what Omarosa said was true in the fact that they do, there are people that have been paid $15,000 a month since leaving the White House, which she alleges was hush money for her silence. Yeah, there's this dude, Keith Schiller, who was like his bodyguard maybe back oh, in the yeah. day. All of a sudden, he's sitting outside the Oval Office. He left. No one knew why. He gets 15 grand a month, which is exactly the amount of the NDA that Omarosa was offered. So Omarosa also claimed that Sean Spicer is getting that money, and that's why he wrote his like pony, unicorn, weird, like Trump-loving fetish Novel. <laughs> um, that would make sense because I have no idea how Sean Spicer pays his bills. Nope. <laughs> In the saddest way possible. Wasn't he, what was the <laughs> thing he, he was going to do? Wasn't he going to do something? Yeah. Like network. he was going to have a, he was going to be on TV or something? They, yeah, he tried to like run around and get a network contract yeah. and they all said, no, fuck you, we're going to dance with Michael Avenatti or whoever <laughs> else comes next. They say this would require people look at Sean Spicer, <laughs> which as we know is a traumatizing idea. <laughs> like, you're right though, like Amaros is not our friend and I'm sure she was a nightmare to work with and deserved yeah. to be fired and there's like all these reports about her screwing up various things at work, but also, did she work? What did she do? What did she do? She claimed a desk. I can picture her standing at a desk. The Daily That's Beast. She claimed a desk like a Real Housewives claim <laughs> beds on a, bu- right. on a on a vacation. The Daily Beast profile of her, I remember the reporter showed up to talk to her and she was planning her bridal luncheon that right. day. Uh, so it makes sense that she wasn't actually working. Uh, but, <laughs> Tommy, what do you make of the, like, integrity issues that john kelly brought up like do you think it's just that do you think there's other things that will maybe drop so okay the two things i think were specifically mentioned by him is one bringing your bridal party to the white house to do an impromptu that was um, that was amazing that was amazing (laughs) that's That's the only i'll give her that's That's something else that's psychotic uh to uh, there's this car service called Carpet that you can use to get rides to official business. He said she was abusing that. That was one of the things that leaked out. If she was, that's not cool. That's the kind of thing to get you in trouble. But it felt like a pretext to just fire she, someone they hated. She right. also kept saying that she kept records of every time she used the car. Um, and she did bring up a good point, the fact that like if she was abusing your car service, why is it okay for Paul Manafort to fly around, you know, um, yeah. the world in 80 days on <laughs> private jets. <laughs> yeah. Fair point. I mean, one is paid for by the federal government, the White House. Paul Manafort, I guess, was paid for by the Russian government or like whoever <laughs> his, his sugar daddy was. Carmen Sandiego. Carmen yes. Sandiego. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, then there was another report. Like, all these reports are now very conveniently leaking out. Like, there was one about how she totally screwed up the Black History Month event. 
Uh, they now, did a Black History Month event? That's, I mean, like, to put that on her, it's like, I think Trump... I don't even remember that. <laughs> Trump being a racist probably messed up the Black History right. Month event, so... To think anyone would have showed up if she wasn't there. I would have... You know what I would like to hear are the calls that she made to the handful of Black people who did show up to the White House. We're always... There was, like, that one where a bunch of pastors or something that she got there. I assume she lied to them about what, what they were doing there to get people there. But I would like to hear her how she was spinning this to other black people to get them to come to the White House. Because yeah. it must have been magical. Yeah, And she hasn't been replaced. It's been, what, like seven months? I mean, but what was what was her job? She, she was the head of outreach communications or something. But she was – so there are these, like, um, when you're at the White House, you can be a commissioned officer. So the top is assistant to the president. You make, like, 180 grand. Then mm-hmm. there's a deputy. Then there's a special assistant to the president. You make, like, 100 grand. So, like, that sort of shows you your value to the, okay. the boss, right? She was an assistant to the president. When Kellyanne Conway was pressed, like, who's the senior, most senior person working in the West Wing? She named a guy named Jerron. She didn't know his last name. Mm. He apparently works in the EEOB, which is across the street. Uh, and he's a special assistant to the president. So, like, the third tier down. So that was, like, my rank. Like, uh-huh. some little – I was a pissant little nothing. And so <laughs> – so that's the most senior African-American representative in the White House. Oh, Which and she's gone, is, right? So now they have no one. Right. You know, but first, also, look at you now, Tommy. You run an empire. I talk about underwear. <laughs> uh, also, the idea that anyone in Trump's fan base wants there to be more high-ranking black people in the White House <laughs> is hilarious. Um, but now that we have you here, Tommy, we can actually ask you real questions that aren't about Omarosa. What kind of questions? I don't know. Uh, the midterms are coming up. Uh-huh. Um, should you tell something to keep it, listeners, about what you were doing with Pod Save America during the midterms? Oh, sure. HBO. The, the, yeah. se- the you're serious work. A- you're doing an <laughs> HBO show. We are. It's exciting. So the whole the whole idea behind Crooked Media and Pod Save America was to make a set of shows that tell you like what's going on in the world. We can laugh. We can talk like normal human beings so people actually listen to us on like, cable. Uh, but then we can tell you, okay, if you're upset about what's happening, here's what you personally can do to get involved. So we've been trying to do that on the pods. We've been doing these live tours and going around the country and trying to meet with people and, and get people fired up and registered. Because you'd be surprised the number of hands that go up at a Pod Save America live show when you say, are you registered to vote? It is really? Not, get out. Not really? They could buy a t-shirt. They can't go and register for to vote? That's what I'm saying. Uh, so <laughs> some kombucha yeah. t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to try to take it to the next level with the HBO show and Part of that is going to politically relevant places like Austin, Texas, Pittsburgh, uh, Florida, Southern California to talk to people of what's happening and help them understand what they can do. And Beto in Texas. Beto, man, he's looking good. Raised $23 million against Ted Cruz. There is nothing I think that could make me happier in this god-awful year I that somehow we've been transported to hell and nobody noticed. That's, I assume, what we're living in. If Ted Cruz, I just want to see him cry. I yeah. do. I want to see him give a concession speech in one of those ugly ass suits of his, and I want him crying, and I want everyone laughing and pointing because fuck that dude. Imagine the porn he'll be faving on Twitter. <laughs> oh yeah. After he loses, he'll go into it. Ted Cruz is like a combination of every McDonald's mascot. It's like <laughs> not, not just Ronald. It's like it's like Grimace, Hamburglar. <laughs> Fry guy, in terms of grace, he's like Snidely Whiplash is like less successful, brother. Right? If, he, if Snidely he, Whiplash he can't even get in the wacky if races, Snid- yes, exactly. If Snidely Whiplash were just a rhombus, just like a straight up square. <laughs> do, you, do you know what they're talking about? I I knew the Snidely Whiplash comment. Right, cool. I know the Hamburglar, and uh-huh. then 
they lost. I remember me. Wembley too. I don't Which one is mm-hmm, Wembley? Mm-hmm. You know things, Tommy. Yeah, yeah, well, that's well, well, I was a Grimace. Know. I spent a lot. Of oh, time that one was Grimace. Oh, that was yeah. Grimace. Sorry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> since you're here, uh-huh. we are going to test what you actually know about pop culture, uh, Tommy. Okay. Uh, I think a, you're going to do well. We That's have my quiz. Feeling. You were you you knew. I, I don't know if you guys uh, are active on Twitter, which I know you are. That was sarcastic. Um, but there, I think around Fourth of July, Tommy dropped a no pigeons reference on what? us, and it was spectacular. Thank you. I feel like my my sports and culture knowledge kind of hits pause after college, though. That's well, because then you were doing real things. And I was just being lame. You, you were you were yeah, you we, were being helpful to the world. You weren't memorizing the Grammys by year. What's what's <laughs> the matter with you? <laughs> uh, anyway, are you Great. ready? I am. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Before she was Meghan, Duchess of Sussex, Meghan Markle was the star of which USA Network TV series? Suits. Nice. Oh, very good. Oh, I like that show too. Oh, you've seen I it. watched like a season of it. See, Suits was great for I'm gonna. They did like these short seasons, so they'd maybe end up with like two. They did something like that. Suits was great for the first like four, and okay. th- which is about how long you could sustain the premise of the show, which is that that dude didn't actually go to law school, and never right. passed the bar, and that at a certain point, it's like someone's gonna figure this out. So it was the maximum time it worked. Okay, and it was really good when it did. Also, it was a show where you'd watch it and you'd be like, "Oh, these characters are kind of funny. I like this." Mm-hmm. But like that woman is stunning. Who is that? Like, Gina who is Torres. that person? Gina, no. Oh, Meghan Markle. Oh, Meghan Markle. Like, she's gonna be a star. Yeah. Well, I sort, didn't know in sort, what way. Sort of. I actually I've never seen Suits, and I think of it as a show where actual suits business wear fight with <laughs> each other, <laughs> and then one of the Blazers goes and starts its own firm. <laughs> no men's warehouse. That's is here. Right. honestly Pretty not cute. not completely inaccurate. <laughs> okay, good. Which mm. of these is the current season of The Real Housewives? Are you a Housewives fan? Oh, God, no. Does it ever, has it ever played in your home? Uh, probably. Okay. A, Real Housewives of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. B, Real Housewives of New Jersey. C, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. D, Real Housewives of Potomac. Okay. I think, I know I've heard of Atlanta being discussed. I feel like Beverly Hills had to have happened by now. Uh, Jersey feels like low-hanging fruit that they would have done in like season three. So I'm going to say Potomac. Tommy! Oh my, god. oh my god. Tommy. King of Bravo. With King this, of Bravo. With this. Me and Jerry O'Connell. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> show. Oh, pays attention. This, I know. With this like deep logic applied to this. Well, I learned about the Jerry O'Connell thing from you guys, and then I heard him do a subsequent interview where he was very chastened. So I think you got to him. Good. I, I hope good. We're, yeah. We're here to intimidate people who are once on CBS procedurals. I hope he's being <laughs> hounded like Meghan Markle by her deadbeat father. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, here's a good one. Okay. On an episode of the Keep It Mysteries earlier this year, we got to the bottom of one of the most enigmatic conundrums of recent history. Who bit Beyonce? Who done it? Was it A, former actress, current spokeswoman of Lawyer.com, Lindsay Lohan? B, current actress, Sanaa Lathan? C, comedian, Tiffany Haddish? Or D, scamstress, Omarosa? All right. I would have remembered if it was Omarosa. Tiffany Haddish is too cool and successful. She was there for it, I think, or like kind of helped you guys figure it out somehow. Tommy is such a good listener. So I think it was B, the name. I don't remember, but it wasn't A, because that was somebody else. <laughs> yes. It sounds like you haven't seen Love and Basketball recently, Tommy. No. You got recently. it right. Yes, very good, very you good. You must have done really well on your SATs. Uh, you do You do really good, uh, what do they call it, when you were picking out answers? Smoking weed? No. Yes, that, that's what it's called. <laughs> that was more high school. <laughs> um, we have one last question for okay, you. Okay, and then I got something for you. 
Oh, oh gosh. Oh, my God. Remix. A twist. Like Omarosa in the Situation oh, Room. Oh, God. Uh, between you, uh-huh. Love It, uh-huh. and Favreau, who are the Ira, Kara, and Lewis <laughs> oh, this of is... Pod Save America? I think I have an answer for this. <laughs> and why? Uh, okay. I think Love It is Lewis. They're funny. D- due to lovability, yes. Yeah. D- yeah. Conventional good looks. Yeah. I would like to think of myself as the Kara. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> because, you know, while I, I might not be point on the mic all the time, I could run that shit when I need to. Yes, mm. yes. And then you and John, you hold it down. You keep the thing on track. Oh. Keep it going forward. And everybody loves you. Is is that what you would have said, Louis? Yes, absolutely. Okay. The keep it train. Keep the crew. <laughs> I'm insulted that you think Ira keeps us on track. Yeah, yeah, that's, that is true. <laughs> you know, in between a couple misconnections. Uh, what you, all right. What do you have for us? Tony? So I was told to prepare a quiz for you. <gasps> oh my god! Oh no! They didn't tell us. I, uh, I didn't Corinne study. Did not tell I us. didn't study. You guys have heard of a little show called Pod Save America, whatever. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I also host a show called Pod Save the World, where I talk about foreign policy because I <laughs> care about those things. I used to work on it at the White House. Today, I'm going to record an episode about the Space Force. Oh yeah. Take the idea seriously. See what we can learn. So I prepared yeah. a little quiz for you guys. Oh, yeah. This bastard. Yeah, I know. Okay. President Trump said that no one knows more about what national security issue than he does. Was he talking about ISIS, nuclear weapons, the military generally, national defense generally? Hmm. I mean, all of them seem likely. I'm going to go. Is there an all of, all of the above? There can It's got to be that. It's, it's got to be, be all of yeah. the above. All of the above. Yeah. Yes. Oh, thank God we got one. He says <laughs> he knows more about ISIS than the generals. Nobody understands the horror of nuclear more than him. <laughs> Nobody's bigger or better at the military than I am because it's something you could be good at and so on and so forth. Oh, Jesus. Uh, He's a ha- regular General Pat. Yeah, <laughs> he knows this stuff. What happened at the Camp David Accords? Was it David Sedaris read all of his essays aloud to NPR donors? <laughs> David Schwimmer finalized his divorce. David Cross apologized for all the stupid shit he's been saying lately. <laughs> or Jimmy Carter, Anwar Sadat, Menachem Begin achieved a historic peace treaty between Israel and Egypt. I do think it's that one. Did you know that uh, Anna Gasteyer of SNL as a child played violin for Anwar Sadat and, uh, who'd you say, Begin was there? Yeah. Yes. Of course we didn't know that, Louis. <laughs> How about that, Tommy? Of course we didn't know that. Did, did you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. In 2011, Meryl Streep won the Academy Award for her portrayal of what world leader? <gasps> Will the mayor, Margaret Thatcher, Angela Merkel, Michelle Bachelet. That I have to even speak right now <laughs> is Say disgusting. Say it, just do it. Louis, this is you. Maggie Thatch. And she didn't deserve it. What I was would the say movie? she was good, The Iron Lady, yes. Wait, yep. she won for that? Yeah. Yes. Horrible oh, wow. movie. One of her worst movies. I would say the performance is good. <sighs> who else was she up against? Viola. Man, everyone yes. Gets, is she it took it? Viola's. Oscar. Oh, you did. know who thought she was going to win that year? Rooney Mara for Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, and they won't even make a sequel out of that movie. Moving on. It seems really Wow, easy you to... managed to be here while Lewis brought up Rooney Mara. Again. <laughs> you didn't, win bingo. Didn't What's-His-Name win for playing Winston Churchill? Like, is it yeah. just now you get to play Brit- British leaders, mm-hmm. and they give you, like, the King speech? He went for that? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heavy prosthetics help, but yes. Well, I'm going to play Piers Morgan and win an Oscar. <laughs> Eat yourself over. Oh, Egot. Hey, uh, Blacks, I have a new article for you. <laughs> uh, that's really all I had. Those are the fun ones. Those were. Oh. I don't want to ask you a bunch of questions about that. Wars. We were going to get wrong. Well, you know. G- give it. Do you, have, do you have one harder one? Okay, so one harder one. Yeah. Okay. okay. At the height of the war in Vietnam, <laughs> Jane Fonda. 
how many U.S. service members were there. Oh, Jesus. Wow, wow, wow. 150,000, 250,000, 350,000, 550,000, roughly. I was actually thinking it was in like the 300,000 range. Is it C? I'm going to go higher. I'll say, I'll go D. Oh, man. I guess I'll say D too. Peak troop strength in Vietnam was 543,000 U.S. service members. Could you imagine that? Iraq is... Uh, 166,000 at the peak of the surge. Afghanistan, it was 100,000. Is that something you just like knew? No, like, I mean, I know the Iraq and Afghanistan stats, but okay. like I Googled the Vietnam stuff. And it's also weird because like when you start and stop these wars, but I do think, you know, we're about to have, Afghanistan is ongoing and it will soon be the longest war we've ever been in ever. And it's just a total backdrop. It, it's not even discussed in the news ever because we're talking about fucking... Trump tweets or whatever. And everyone is laughing at Omarosa. That's mm-hmm. what we're doing in, instead of talking about the troops. We Ira, Instead I, of uh, talking about the troops, wow, you, I, we are reading Omarosa books. I love our troops and our guns and our America and our Bible. Okay, Kara? <laughs> okay? Uh, oh, my God. Lee Greenwood over here. God bless the USA. Tommy, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me. I've wanted to do this forever. This felt like, I would say Tommy is our biggest fan. I, yes. And we rank our fans traditionally. We, we so rank them, very yes, important. so you're, you're I've gotten in. I've gotten in fights with uh, random journalists because of my Oh, yes, this is true. This, this is show. true. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. (laughs) Uh, When we're back, keep it. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, Bad Dirt. What makes Bad Dirt so bad? The answer? The ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like Bad Dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. And we're back with our favorite part of the show. It's Keep It. Lewis, you're staring at me like you have something to say. I do. It's, it couldn't be more important. You'll see why. Which decade is your Keep It from? Mysteriously, this one. All right. Which I'm okay. livid about. <laughs> Um, keep it to the 2018 Teen Choice Awards. Um, first oh. of all, here's an essay question for the room. Guess how many categories are in the Teen Choice Awards? I, I counted this hastily just now. Four. Four. Kara? I'm going to go crazy. Mm-hmm. Twelve. There are 92 categories. What? what? There are 92 categories, <laughs> honey. There are not 92 species of birds. <laughs> That is crazy. Anna Kendrick walked home with two. She's like the Catherine Hepburn of this shit. <laughs> are, there, are there 92 teens? I don't even know. Where do How? we keep them? Wait, will kids sit through? 
Not- I, I don't think they televised all of them, but they televised, I'm going to go with a couple of dozen. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I do remember watching the Teen Choice Awards as a kid, and that was like the one show where it just seemed like people were constantly walking on stage. Yes, just they're everybody. Like, they're like, every celebrity who's here, you are getting an award. No, Ansel Elgort will walk off and right back on. <laughs> um, okay, just one category that I found interesting, and you're telling me teens voted on this. I keep thinking, I'm picturing a teen at a computer. I don't know. I think it was Best Dramatic Actor. The nominees are Hugh Jackman in The Greatest Showman. I'm already in tears. Why? Moving on. Timmy Chalamet in uh, Call Me By Your Name. All right, teens. Leslie Odom Jr. in Murder on the Orient Express. You're you're telling me kids watch a train mystery? That was a $50 million CD-ROM game. That was not a movie. Were they hoping the cast of Hamilton would come to cheer him on? By the way, did Leslie Odom have lines in that movie? What did he do? Patrick Schwarzenegger in Midnight Sun? I'm I've murderous. I've never heard that collection of words no. before what? in my life. <laughs> There's no such thing as a Midnight Sun. It's impossible. And Jacob Tremblay in Water. And who won? What is that? Oh, Wonder, Wonder. Pardon me. And I who... still don't know what that is. It's the movie where he, Julia Roberts is his mom and his face is, he has birth defects. Was it Julianne Moore? Say what? Is it Julianne Moore or Julia Roberts? Julia Roberts. Oh. Yeah. No, you're talking about Wonderstruck. I'm talking about uh, Wonder. And the winner is Zach Efron in The Greatest Showman. <laughs> Guys, you need to not give him acting awards. You had one job, teens. I don't mind him hugging the surfboard in promotional pictures, but you can't give him awards. Absolutely not. So keep it, keep it, keep it. It's been real. I will say that I think he won something at the 2014 MTV movie award. Oh, and he took off his shirt. Uh, Rita Ora took his shirt off, oh, which is the only awards show moment I need him for. <laughs> That's right. Oh, was that a Time's Up moment? I, I think so. Mm, well, her time's been up for a while. That's kind of true. Kara, <laughs> what's your keep it? This is this is a slight gear shift. Um, keep it to publications that still refer to the NFL players kneeling during the national anthem as anthem protests. Fuck you. You know that's not what they are goddamn doing. They are protesting police brutality and excessive force by the police. They are not protesting the anthem. The fucking AP, the Associated Press, is like the standard news organization of the globe. And they called it anthem protest. You people know what the fuck you're doing. You're helping to continue this bullshit narrative that racists and our dumbass president feed off of. They are not protesting the anthem. I cannot believe that a group of adults who seemingly have at least one brain amongst them are still putting together fucking headlines calling them anthem protests. I saw that shit on NPR. On NPR! And I was like, first of all, y'all already trotted out a white nationalist onto one of your radio shows and presented him as the opposite of the spectrum of a Black Lives Matter organist. But what does so, he think? <laughs> uh, now you're out here doing this. Like it's so. It's dumb. crazy. It's crazy. And also, just okay. In 2017 alone, in just the state of California, 
police killed 172 civilians. The majority of them were black and brown men. The majority of the police were white. That's what you need to be fucking reporting on. That's what gets lost when you called an anthem protest and when you just talk about, oh, they're kneeling in the fines and all that shit. You are ignoring what the players are actually wanting people to talk about, which is the fact that the 172 people, not that many people died overseas in the fucking military. That's what they want you to pay attention to. And you all are just... Ugh, sorry. And by the way, <laughs> it's not an it's not written in an editorial section even. It's literally presented as objective truth. As, as objective truth, exactly. And that's something that rewires your brain. Yes, you know? and it is it is bec- it is in large part because of the media that they even call them anthem protests. You all have done this. You continue to reveal yourselves to be unable to do your jobs in 2018 when you need to be doing your jobs better than fucking ever. Get your shit together. Be better. I saw some dumb like viral video too where someone was complaining about the fact that like the NFL players are protesting again like where were they during the off season I'm like a lot of NFL people were doing a lot of good things for their community. Some of them, some the of them were getting arrested and brutalized by yeah. the police, too, you dumb motherfuckers. Uh, That's what they were doing. But the media doesn't follow NFL players during the off season. Right. They only want to do it when people will click on it because they're racist and angry. Anyway, I'm sure this will be a very exciting I'm already tired. The season. season hasn't even started. <laughs> I won't be watching just like I didn't watch last year because fuck the NFL. But I'm also, already sick of Also, truly continue to fuck the NFL. To fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck Roger Goodell. Fuck all of you. You're terrible people. You're terrible people. Beyonce's already played the Super Bowl. She's so not coming back. And Jay-Z was like, I'm not doing that shit. Jay-Z on the song was like, mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs the Super Bowl Who anymore? Who needs it then? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maybe the Oscars unless, need a halftime unless Rihanna show. performs. Unless Rihanna <laughs> performs, I will. If Rihanna performs, I will watch the halftime show and turn it off immediately. Same. Yeah. Uh, the Oscars should have a halftime show. I think <laughs> that's it. I think we saw. Here we go. <laughs> the third act, we solved it. Uh, my keep it this week. Um, maybe a bit surprising. Um, mine is about this Sam Smith nonsense. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm I'm vaguely familiar with this. He was. Um, <laughs> So, I feel like part of this started going viral um, as my fault. Um, a friend, uh, a friend, Mark on Twitter, um, saw this on Adam Lambert's Instagram, where he accidentally posted a video of Sam Smith saying, "I don't like Michael Jackson, but this is a good song." Um, they he were out on a boat, it? and it was um, the song "Human Nature." Yes. He posted it because then he deleted the video and reposted it, but without audio. Uh, mm. But Mark had recorded it and put it on Twitter, and I retweeted it. Um, <laughs> but um, anyway, the video was out there, and people have gotten mad at Sam Smith. Um, Stephanie Mills went in Get on the him. Fuck yeah. Out. yeah, she did. You should go find the post, Lewis. Yeah. Oh she... my god, Stephanie Mills never was... knew love like this before, bitch. <laughs> Stephanie Mills was like, "Finish a tour." <laughs> <laughs> Get some career longevity. <laughs> Ease on down the plank <laughs> off this boat, bitch. Um, so while I have, uh, she she felt angry all over is what she felt. I um, <laughs> but I will say that while this is all well and good, and I love a good Sam Smith dragging, I sometimes hate how the internet has people go like immediately to twelve. Yeah, you know, like. I don't think that response was necessarily needed for Sam Smith because you know what? 
there are perfectly legitimate reasons not to like Michael Jackson that we don't talk about all the yes, time. True. Um, and that could be his reason. He didn't give a reason. He just said, I don't really like Michael Jackson, but I like this song. True. It was I will three say- seconds of video and headlines are having a meltdown over it. In the clip, though, he does seem awfully proud of himself for his opinion. Well, he's which, always proud of yeah. himself. Also, yeah. who cares what Sam Smith thinks? True. He has, really he has an Oscar for a song I can't who, hum. Oh, what is his Oscar for again? Writing, uh, the writings on the wall from uh, Spectre. I don't know any of those words. I don't know any of those words. Oh, when he thought he was the first gay person to win an Oscar? Right. That will never not be one of the best things. He thought he was the first gay person in history to win an Oscar in like 2015. And he was just uh, on stage like, I guess it's me. I guess. Tipping like, his hat. And he was like, someone just told me, so I guess it's true. What? Who told you that? <laughs> uh, I guess my keep it was people being too extra dragging Sam Smith, but here we are. It's so much Sam fun. Smith. I, funny story. When I was um, in New York last time, a friend of mine told me that they tried to go to um, a gay club in Hell's Kitchen. And part of the entire club was just closed off, but there was nobody in the club. And so my friend, after a while, as the bartender was like, can we go to the other side of this club? No one is here. The bartender was like, I'm sorry, it's reserved for Sam Smith. <laughs> to sit in silence? <laughs> he wants to be away from music. He wasn't even there yet. Good Lord. And how many people could he reasonably bring with him? I don't know. I mean, if he's friends with Adam Lambert, I mean, the options are endless. <laughs> two? I'm a fan of Adam Lambert. Say what, I two? Like, yeah. I like Adam Lambert. I don't think we pay enough attention to Adam Lambert's discography. He Everything he records kind of sounds like a discarded Pink song, unfortunately. That's where I'm at with him. Fair. Maybe he should do more acrobatics. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know. I have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Lambert, who? <laughs> yeah, I, know. I don't know, guys. Uh, American Idol died and it's buried in the uh, Museum of Alexandria, Library <laughs> of Alexandria, whatever it's called. Anyway, that's our show. We're done here. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>